One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, Building the Collective Conscious, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens. DT had a birthday, so he is not in the studio with us. We wish him happy birthday. And uh, so you got to deal with me for the next, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. Depends on how hot things get. <laughs> But it is a pleasure to be in the studio, Black and Studios, um, today. And our this is episode 142. 142. 142. And the title today is How Should We React, Jesse? And the show is not dedicated to this incident because I know everybody in popular culture uh, has taken a stab at this particular situation. But I wanted to examine the larger question. And the larger question is, how do we respond when people say that they have been victimized? How do we react? Um, because we see so often, and this is not to, by no means, um, advocate for his innocence or his guilt i'm talking more about how do we as a society as individuals um no matter what um, you know segment of our culture you find yourself in how do we react properly and we've had uh, countless i think opportunities to react from the um, police shootings of uh, innocent black men. And I do want to emphasize innocent black men. Um, we've seen what happened to Bill Cosby and uh, the reactions that continue to take place with Donald Trump, um, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey, Matt Lauer, uh, Charlie Rose, and the list goes on and on and on. Judge Kavanaugh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So how do we respond is the question. Because many times uh, people are responding in ways, I think, that um, are not healthy. And and let me just, as as a caveat, let me put something out there. This idea, and I've seen this on Facebook, how people are uh, saying that, well, you know, the lady that um, said that Emmett Till um, whistled at her um, is, you know, nobody's saying anything about that. Well, you know what? Let me just say this. Two, a wrong doesn't make another wrong right. And, and this is not this is not comparable it's false equivalencies. What happened then happened under a different set of circumstances. I don't I think it does a disservice to even bring up Jesse Smollett and Emmett Till in the same sentence. 
And if you are a student of history, you would understand that statement I just laid out for you. And we also got this thing in our society. I know we have, and you hear me mention this a few times about the court of public opinion, but we're supposed to be innocent to proven guilty. Again, I'm not advocating because I, I'm the first one, the first one to say that is, if this is true, there there must be justice. So don't get it twisted that I'm I'm advocating, but I'm saying that anyone and everyone should be given the opportunity for the process to play itself out. I want to take a, a listen right quickly to a video clip. Uh, let's go ahead and roll that. Ainsley, can I jump in sure. really quick? Yeah. I understand that it was cold in Chicago, and I want to take the logistics out of this for a minute. The reason why this story was believable for so many people in the LGBT and in the black community is because we have seen multiple times in which we have been victims. When you have black people getting the police called on them for having a barbecue, for going to the pool with socks on, for studying in their, their dormitory, it's not hard and it's not uh, inconceivable to think that something like this could potentially happen. I understand it was cold, but if you look at the racial tensions in our country right now, this is something that is very possible, and it is happening. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point that Rochelle brings up. And you think about in Chicago, you've had the case of Laquan McDonald, which is why mm -hmm. people were very slow in the black and LGBTQ community to believe the Chicago Police Department at face because after Laquan, after the Laquan McDonald cover-up, people were like, well, I know that there's a, there's a breakdown in trust between communities of color and police. And I also know that this is somebody who is beloved by the black community, whose character had broken the lines when it comes to talking about homophobia in the black community. Uh, and so this has been a very, very hard couple of days for those, for people in the LGBTQ community and for people of color because of who Jesse represents and what Jamal Lyons, his character on the show Empire, meant to the community. So, um, again, my show is not about Brother Jesse. It's more about how do we react. But I agree that it is not inconceivable. It is not inconceivable that something like this would take place. The question is, how do we respond to that? There is a historical context, and we're going to get into that after our first break. But first of all, we have to understand that for people to jump on the bandwagon that this was true, Jesse had a stellar reputation. He came out on Ellen's show. If you know about the homophobia that exists, in the black community, that was a courageous move on his part. He has done charity work. He has been an advocate for um, the gay community, for the black community. So when you have a person that has lived this quote unquote upstanding life, and they come forward and say that they have been victimized. They have been. How can you possibly go? He lied. No, no one in their right mind would go to that place to begin with. Now, whether you verbalize that publicly, that you believe him or not, that's part of the conversation that we're having today. But so I want people, first of all, to stand back and go, 
it's not inconceivable that this happened. And we're going to get into some cases where this has already taken place. So to start off at a space that says, I believe this, there's nothing wrong with that. But what do we do with that? How do we fuel that? That's the question. What does it turn into? We generalize that to the whole make America great community. Now, you know, I'm not a great make make America great advocate at all. Matter of fact, I don't know how you can be part of that. When was America great? Let me just say that. Right. I mean, I, I've already said it's slavery, convict leasing, Jim Crowism, uh, you know, the the um, uh, mass incarceration. I don't name a time where America was great for everybody. So I'm not uh, an advocate for that. But what I will say is that to start in that space is not a bad space because a lot of times we draw our conclusion from what we have experienced and seen in the past. It's a routine, right? We've seen this before. But, man, the damage that it can cause when we take that in the wrong direction. Folks, we're going to take a break. We're going to get back into does the larger culture influence how we react? Is it more than simply what I think or what I feel? Is there something going on around us that's causing these visceral reactions? Folks, we're going to take a break, get back deeper into this thing. We'll be right back. Join us for the 6th Annual Night with Ralph Ellison Gala, March 9th, 6 p.m., Oklahoma History Center. A night of fun, music, dance, poetry, great food, and readings from Ellison's works. To become a sponsor or purchase your tickets, go to ralphellisonfoundation.org or simply call 405-788-0566. This is DT of the One Mic, One Voice podcast. just want to let you guys know you can go over to iTunes and search us at One Mic, One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool. Real smooth. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time. Welcome back. Welcome back. I forgot about the music coming in. Richard's sitting over here with the hat that says King on it. He's trying to tell me something. I understand. I'm the student in the studio today. We got the maestro handling everything. How should we react, Jesse? <laughs> yeah. Does the larger culture influence how we 
react? Well, I think we have to, first of all, place that into, number one, the historically racial tension that exists in our, in our country that is based upon a, um, I guess we would say, a system that has classified some as privilege and some as not. So you have this historical racial tension. You can go all the way back to Nat Turner and the slave rebellion. You can come all the way back through Watts with the racial riots in the 60s. I mean, even Ferguson today. And and we know, I mean, if you disagree with me, I, I don't know what planet you're on, but there is a historical racial tension. In society, the things that have happened um, in our world, meaning America, has caused us to react a certain way. And then the current racial tension, right? The current racial tension, a climate of division. We're divided. I heard people talk about where how President Obama had divided the country. That looked like paradise compared to where we are right now. This division, the designating black and brown immigrant folks as the other, I think is is extremely dangerous. And it creates this climate where there's this hypersensitivity to race. It's coloring everything. The space that you are in personally, you know, how do you feel? How are you being treated? How do you perceive those around you? Are they for you? Are they against you? The culture influences how we react. Everything we absorb through social media, through the news, all of that colors our view of society. And guess what? It happened before. Remember Matthew Shepard? Remember him? Okay. Wyoming? Remember him? October 6, 1988. He was just walking, went to a dive bar. Two guys pretended to be gay. Got him in the truck, took him out, tied him to a fence, tortured him, beat him to death for being gay. Yeah, it's serious. These are serious things that cause serious reactions. Wow. Beaten to death for his choice of sexuality. Not my choice. Not your choice, but his choice. So when Samolette says he was attacked, man, <laughs> it's not inconceivable to think, yeah, this has happened. This has happened. Hate crimes are up 17%. They're increasing. The numbers don't lie. And so, and, and, and get this. Nearly 60% of hate crimes against the LGBTQ community, nearly 60%, are against gay males. Wow. 
again, it's not inconceivable when you look at the numbers. So when someone says hate crimes are on the rise and someone says that the majority of hate crimes are being committed against gay males. And someone says I was attacked. It's nothing wrong with being in that space. Right. But again, what do we do with that? You see, there was an opinion piece written about and it was entitled The Hate Jesse Smollett is Accused of Faking Happened to Me. And in this opinion piece, this person talks about how uh, him and and his ex-boyfriend were attacked one night. Um, He still bears the scars for that. But he also talked about how that hurts people like him. And also, this is what we forget. He said he hadn't thought about that in years and how now that's back in his consciousness. How many people are revisiting that pain? So it's easy to think that this was this was probable. But on the other side of the coin, what if he's lying? What type of damage does that do? We're going to get to that in a minute. Does the larger culture influence how we react? Of course it does, because it's personal. It's personal, right? We can relate because of our race. He's a black man. Because of our gender, right? Again, he's a male. Our sexual orientation. Clearly, clearly the LGBTQ community would react a certain way. Why? Because he's part of that community, the black community. He's part of that community. Even our political affiliation. Oh, man, the the conservative. I was just looking at, 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 I mean, you can just Google Fox News reaction to it. Oh, man. This this is like a gift to them. It's Christmas. The liberals, the Democrats. I'm just like, man, you got to be kidding me. It has become a political football, right? Those that believe and those that believe not. And again, it's it's so politicized that because Jesse was a starting critic of the president. I mean, he went after him multiple times. The president even came out and said it was horrific at first, just like everybody else. But the narrative always changes with him. And now he's basically saying, who's the racist, Jesse? It is a hot, hot topic. Hot, hot topic. So does the culture influence how we react to these things look I want you to think about your world think about who you deal with think about what you listen to think about what influences your life maybe you're in the camp where you feel like you're not being represented that you're always losing that you're always fighting you're going to have a different reaction than the person that's in the camp that feels like they're always winning that America is always right And the things in it thereof, 
and that racism is no longer a part of our society, you're going to react differently because your experiences are different. This has divided us even further. Folks, listen, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, who are the real victims? Who are the real victims? Right? Jesse Clamey was a victim. But who are the real victims? Are those that are revisiting what has happened to them? Is it those yet to speak their truth? Is it the gay community? Is it brown and black folks? Is it those who were looking up to him? Who are the real victims? We will be right back. Oklahoma Humanities Brain Box podcast uses the humanities to take listeners on a deep dive into the issues affecting American society and culture. Join some of Oklahoma's most interesting and knowledgeable humanities scholars to explore how history, literature, ethics, philosophy, and other humanities fields inform our understanding of current events and the human experience. And to find the Brain Box podcast, simply search Brain Box podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and any other podcasting library. If you have any ideas or comments rattling around in your noggin, email us at brainbox at okhumanities.org. everyone this is roxy davis and this is deborah burris and we are the roxy by design show our show is designed to bring healing as we share our stories while god redesign our lives so take a ride with us so you can find us at podbean itunes facebook and twitter and blackinstudios.com so thank you everyone for listening to the roxy by design show you have a blessed day and we love you This is supposed to be a month of celebration, a month where we are reflecting on the achievements and accomplishments of black folk, the month in which we revisit the pain, but we embrace the joy. Instead, it's a month to remember. Our Kelly, mm, Jesse Smollett, when they become the talk of February, folks, we are in bad, bad shape. But we can't turn away from it. Who are the real victims if he truly lied? Let's take a listen to this clip. This clip is from uh, NPR. 
What's this story mean for other people who report discrimination or hate crimes? We turn now to Stacy Long Simmons, Director of Advocacy and Action at the National LGBTQ Task Force, which has been around since the 1970s. She's in our studios. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so we'll just remind people Smollett is both black and openly gay, described a racist and homophobic attack, which police now say is fake, and they've offered the evidence we just heard described. What kinds of responses are you hearing to this? Well, we're hearing a number of responses. First of all, deep, deep disappointment, uh, as it appears as if uh, this this whole situation has just been concocted and a means of uh, having a publicity grab. Um, I do say, though, you know, he's entitled to due process, and I think that we're going to continue to monitor and see how things unfold, given the statements made recently by his attorney. Does this make things more difficult for people who really are attacked, really are discriminated against when they try to come forward and hope to be believed. Yeah, without a question. I think that it's already difficult, and our community has been fighting uh, for decades to have recognition, to have attention paid to our very real jeopardy and concerns when we are out in public spaces. Uh, This happens to be the 50th year anniversary of the Stonewall uprisings in New York, and so we're going to actually use, though, what happened with Jesse as an opportunity to further educate the broader public about the reality of our lives. The Stonewall Uprising, that was the beginning of the modern gay rights movement, as we understand it today. That's right. Um, This seems to have been a difficult story for you. I know that you were among those on Twitter who were supporting Jesse Smollett, saying that uh, MAGA supporters attacked Jesse Smollett for being black and gay. Please keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, I mean, I definitely came from a heartfelt place in the beginning. It immediately took me back to my own college years in the late 80s. I was off-site on campus, and a group of white uh, young men in a car slowed down and uh, yelled NB to me as I was, you know, walking outside the campus. And it really struck me cold. I just uh, couldn't believe that that had happened. It didn't occur to me at the time to report it to anyone. I didn't even perhaps understand it to be a hate crime or an incident of bias attack towards me. But I know that it was very stunning and struck me to my core at the moment. Which I guess would explain your reaction here. You hear this story and you respond to it because something real happened in your own life. Um, Granting that you want to give him the presumption of innocence, though, were you betrayed? I don't... I reserve judgment. I I really do. I think that, um, yes, he's a celebrity. He has a certain level of responsibility towards the community. He set himself out to be a mentor. He certainly gave a compelling interview to Robin Roberts, etc. But we know for a fact that there's been a spike in hate crimes. We know that the FBI has recently released their 2017 um, statistics, citing 17% increase over the last year. We know that transgender women of color continue to be um, victims of crimes and attacks and and homicides and often cases those are unsolved murders so it's not as if there isn't any there there it's just that this particular incident is appearing to be a hoax yeah and we can we can uh, we could cite statistics the human rights campaign at a survey finding uh, that 40 percent of lgbtq youth describe themselves as being bullied on school property. There are a lot of numbers out there, a lot of different surveys. What do you make, though, of some of the reaction, particularly from conservatives and from President Trump supporters, who have jumped on this and said people were eager to rush to judgment, eager to blame uh, white people, eager to blame the president for this? 
Yeah, well, I guess I think that those energies are better spent supporting some of the concerns that I addressed earlier. I think that if people really are concerned about this fake incident, they should redirect that energy and actually join our cause and join our effort to really save lives. I mean, you mentioned schools. Definitely schools are, unfortunately, in this country, the hotbed of of major activity happening to students. I was quite surprised to read some of those statistics. And I think in addition to the bias and the bullying that's happening, I think that students are really going to school daily concerned about gun violence. That's certainly something that's topical and of news. So I would just sort of redirect them in that direction. Stacey Long-Simmons, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. She is Director of Advocacy and Action at the National LGBTQ Task Force. All right, let's unpack that for a minute. Who are the real victims? She expressed this idea of disappointment. She herself was one that came out in support of these allegations. You see, it, it is empathy that causes us oftentimes to believe it. It's because we don't want to see people hurt. We don't want to see people abused. We don't want to see that if we're not sociopathic or psychotic if you have a conscious you can't help but feel empathy for a person that cries out and says I was wronged so yes she was like a lot of people Maxine Waters talked about um, how she knows him and how she was disappointed if it was true. She talked about the due process that I think is necessary, but I think important, she talked about the opportunity to educate. Now, she was talking about as far as the experiences of um, the community, the LGBTQ community, but I think it's an opportunity to educate the larger society on how we react when people say they are victimized. It is a chance to educate ourselves, to meditate on this for a moment. We don't do enough reading. We don't do enough meditating. We don't do enough self-reflection. We're in this world that moves so fast and we jump on the bandwagon so quick that we don't give ourselves the opportunity to learn. Who are the real victims? Well, those who are accused. The question comes up, should one accusation destroy everything that you've worked for? Mm, that's a real deep question. Should one accusation take out everything? Should one accusation define you? I'm not talking about proof. I'm not talking about going through the process. I'm talking about the sheer accusation. Because you know what? It's taking a whole lot of folks out. What's the guy that uh, in, in Virginia now, um, the black 
brother i can't remember his name but he is the one i think he's lieutenant governor or something like that he he had uh he's got a couple of accusations against him right now and the first thing i heard was he needs to resign he can't lead anymore now i'm not saying that he's innocent but what has been made is what what has been made is simply an accusation. And um, yeah, Jesse Fairfax is his name. Just an accusation. And I don't mean just an accusation, but you know what I'm trying to say. Something's been put out in the public sphere that says he did this. Should that alone destroy his political career? That's a tough question. How about the next accuser? Who are the real victims we're talking about right now? What about the person that has the courage to come forward? We're in the Me Too movement. We know what happened to Dr. Ford. The courage that she showed. What about the next person that wants to step up? How are they going to be treated by law enforcement? How are they going to be treated by the court of public opinion? That's the real victims here. And our society is a victim. Because what it, fur it does, it further divides us. It pushes us further to the periphery in the opposite directions. And we're already dug in enough. We, man, we're dug in. I mean, you're not going to convince people that don't think like you or see the world like you, you might as well just stop because you, 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 you're, it's a waste of breath. We are dug in and something like this that talks about not just racism, but homophobia. Man, I'm telling you, you talk about dividing our society. It hurts our society. It hurts how we interact and deal with each other. We all, in other words, become victims of something falsely spoken like this, if it is true. So how, how do we deal with Jesse Smollett and others that come forward with an accusation? That they've been victimized. How do we deal with it? I'm going to give you. Three things to think about. The first one is. And we're going to go from the macro level on down. The first one is this idea of. Um, the collective. Societal. Social media, mass media, the legal system, the court of public opinion. So whenever something like this happens, these are things that are at play. Right? They're going to deal with anyone that does this at that level. Then there's an individual level, meaning you and me. Do we forgive or do we condemn? You see, my advice to, in particular to, Jesse would be, you got to come clean. 
I mean, if it's just a, a plea deal that he's able to work out and not go to jail and, and the circumstances are not released to the public, that ain't good enough. Because what he has done has done damage. If it is true, he has done damage, not only to himself, but to all of us. You got to come clean. And then <laughs> there's a personal level. Terrence Howard came out and spoke. You see, Jesse has a lot of friends. Anyone, most people, I shouldn't say anyone, because I don't think maybe many serial killers have friends. <laughs> but most of us have people that we hang out with and spend time with. And, and they're our friends. And Terrence Howard came out and said this. This is in response to something he had previously stated about how much they love him. And, the, and a critic, of course, came out and, and um, did not appreciate uh, Howard's support of his friend. But he said this, the Jesse I know could never even conceive of something so unconscious and ugly. Okay, he goes on to say, his innocence or judgment is not for any of us to decide. Stay in your lane. He's talking to this person. And my lane is empathy and love and compassion for someone I've called my son for five years, for my friend. It's God's job to judge, and it's not ours. And it's our, let me back up, it's God's job, job to judge, and it's ours to love and hope, especially for those that we claim to have loved. That's a now, that's a friend talking. Now, if you believe friendship is conditional, then you, you know, you you probably throw somebody under the bus. But if you believe friendship is unconditional, then you regardless of what happens, you stick by your friend, even if it's false. A true friend doesn't abandon. Right. They wrap their arms around the person and embrace them and love them. So I'm not mad at Terrence for doing this. Matter of fact, I think it shows a high level of character that in the midst of all of this, he's saying, this is my friend. Right. And I'm a loving. Right. And um, but I, I, I do have a little problem, though. I do have a little problem because are we judging Jesse? Or the truth of his statement? You see, I think it's, it's, it's easy to get caught up in the fact that we just need to mind our own business. Right. You don't have a right to have an opinion about something. Well, I, I think I do, because it's like in the public sphere. Right. It's, it's in society. He is a he brought it to society. It ain't like he told his friend this happened to him. He told. The world, really. He went on and did an interview and talked about it. So I think I can weigh in on it a little bit, Brother Terrence. But I I, I commend him, right? I mean, I, I want a friend like that that will stick by me. So I don't have a problem with that. But this is not about condemnation. 
It's about justice, accountability, and consequences. That's what this is about. That's what we're dealing with here. And in any situation where a person comes up with an accusation, whether it is true or not, on either side, it's about justice, it's about accountability, and it's about consequences. That's how we maintain a civil society. We had um, a couple comments by D. I guess he's listening. You're right. The division narrative is deepening. I've seen folks almost come to blows over this story. Wow. Duking it out. Hmm. Showboxing. HBO. Showtime, I guess. If he's completely honest would the people forgive or st- or still vilify? I mean, that's a great question. The camps are already they're they're already staged. Tents are up. You know the different where you get your food at and get your weapons at, or all that is already in place. Nobody's moving the camp. No matter what this dude, if this dude came out and said, "Listen, I'm wrong." I lied. I got problems. Doesn't matter. They're going to vilify him. And if he come out and say that the folks that, that, that want to believe him will say, we need to embrace him. He got a drug problem. You know, he, he, when he grew up, you know, he, he wasn't loved. I mean, you, the, the camps are already there. And, and, and while the camps are there, what I'm more concerned about is justice, accountability, and consequences, right? Again, I'm going to repeat what I just said. That's the only way we maintain a civil society. There's certain things you cannot do that should not be tolerated. Hate crime should not be tolerated, nor lying about a hate crime should be tolerated. We have to stand firm on that regardless of whether they're black, white, Asian, Latino, doesn't matter we have to stand on that so how should we react to people that say they have been victimized i hope you got a pen i hope you've been writing because all this is all about education folks because we have to have this conversation we have to have this dialogue because each and every day something's going to shock us something's going to try to put us either on the side of support or condemnation. Remember, it's not about condemnation. It's about what? I hope you wrote these down. Justice, accountability, and consequences. J-A-C. They're your acronym. I'm a military guy, so we're full of acronyms. So, (laughs) how should we react to people who say they have been victimized. First of all, have you been victimized? How would you want somebody to react to you? Let me say this. We have to be, above all, non-committal. That's, that's where you got to start at. You can't commit to the right. You can't commit to the left. You got to maintain your neutrality. How do you do that? Number one. By thinking about your biases. 
biases, right? I'm a black man. When I hear that a brother's been jacked by a cop, man, I'm man, I'm on the side of the brother. Why? Because I'm biased. It's been done to me before. What causes that visceral reaction in me, in us? You have to examine that. See, what I'm trying to point to you is, is although this situation has happened in the culture, it's up to you how you react to it. How the individual reacts to it. We have to bring it down to the individual level, not how the community reacts, how the individual reacts, because the community is going to go by the way of the individual. Because the community is made up of individuals. So what are your biases in this situation? In Dr. Ford's situation? In Cosby's situation? What caused you to get on that particular bandwagon? And I'm not saying the bandwagon is wrong. I'm not saying, but what caused you? You need to examine that. Also, you need to give time for clarity. So I need to look at my own biases. And then I need to understand as historians, as historians say, as my great mentor, Dr. Jalot taught me a long time ago, it's too early to tell. I love that. It's too early to tell. We don't have enough evidence. We were not there. Things are still unfolding. So how can I jump into a camp or on a bandwagon or make a definitive stand on something when I lack the evidence and the facts to do that? You, it's a disservice. Not only to yourself, but to the culture. So I examine my biases. I step back and I allow for the facts to come out. All right. And I'm just going to toss this out. I'm, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Chicago PD. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, you know, Brother McDonald and what they did to him. And then the tape came out. He shot, the, you know, come on. Right. They haven't been the most truthful. So you, you got to balance this, right? You got, you know, hopefully. But this gets to our our third point. Hearing and acknowledging, but not condemning. Let me repeat that. Hearing and acknowledging, but not condemning. And understand, I heard what he said. I'm acknowledging that this is what he said and believe. But I'm not going to either say it's true or it's false. I heard it. I acknowledged it. And then our last and final point, because this allows for us to demand the process. I heard it. I acknowledge it. And now I want a fair process to determine what the truth is. That's what this is about. You see, we will never, we will never bridge the gap of division. If we don't allow for the process to happen two things happen 
when the process, when we allow the process to happen. One one is favorable and one is not. The favorable one is that we get to the truth, right? Cookbook says only the truth can set you free. We get to the truth. The other one is, is that through the process or even before the process began, we demonize the individual. That's what happened to Dr. Ford, right? That's what happened to a lot of women when they come forward. They're demonized. They can't even go through the process. We have to allow for the process to take place. If we don't do that, right? If we don't do that, we'll wind up here again. And I don't know about you. I'm tired of going around the block, coming back to the same address, right? That's no, that's not progress. Progress is when you make it down the street, you get out of the town, you get to a next state, you move on. That's progress. But going around the block, coming back to the same house is not. You ain't went nowhere. How should we react, Jesse? How should we react? Folks, we got to stop. We got to stop the anger we got to stop the blame game. We should all be truth seekers because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many we became one or will she find that we solve nothing and remain a divided peoples yes history will speak of us we can be the change that's in our life all we gotta do is work together we gotta raise our children better we gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. This episode is brought to you by Blackened Studios. To learn more about Blackened Studios, go to blackenedstudios.com or visit their Facebook page. The views and opinions of the One Mic, One Voice podcast show do not reflect the views of Blackened Studios or our other sponsors.